org slash SPC. No experience or partner needed, and all ages are welcome. 408-341-9123. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3.30. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover. Welcome to Cover to Cover Open Book, the Poet to Poet series. I'm your host, Nina Sedani. My guest today is the remarkable poet, essayist, educator, translator, and linguist, Kyung Myung Kim Richards. She just published a new book of poems that brings light and reflection into our lives. It's called Vision Test. Welcome, Kyung Nyung Kim Richards to KPFA's microphone. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I'm very happy to have you because that's how your new book, Vision Test, made me feel. I responded so much to the positive, loving energy in these very accessible and seemingly simple poems. But they're not so simple because they were able to bring a sense of peace to me as the reader. And in these times, that's rather challenging and difficult. So thank you for these wonderful poems. You're welcome. I'm glad you like them. I have to say that most of my poems actually are uh, coming from everyday life. For example, that very poem, Vision Test, was written after a few years of going to this optometrist every year, once a year, whether you like it or not, or you need it or not, you go and sit in front of this huge machine and the optometrist goes through a routine where at the end of the testing, end of the session, You look through the two lenses and see everything he presents as clearly as you can. And I realize what a metaphor it is to have our vision checked with all these machinery and equipment and so on. And he can actually check by eliminating which one is worse than the other, and so on. By selection, he could fit you with perfect pair of lenses. And so then I made that into, what if he could have done that to our mind's eye and have us see things clearly? Wouldn't that be wonderful? So here comes the poem. And many of the the poems in this book, actually, although it's published in 2016, actually begun way, way back, more than 20 years in early 1980s and 90s. And by the time I actually had the first version, which were Korean versions made, I had 
quite a quantity of poems that I could select and put into a book. So many of the poems in this book were in Korean, published in 2010, quite late again, in Korea. And some of these poems are translations from that Korean book. Your own translations? Yes, I actually did my own. Well, I know that you are an expert translator because I was the witness when the Korean embassy here in San Francisco presented you with a medal for your services to the Korean language. That was a very impressive moment. So I think maybe nobody could be more suited to translating from Korean into English. We'd love to hear that poem. Maybe I will read it first and then go back to a little bit of my experience and history, how I came to translate Korean literature. Okay, so here goes the poem called Vision Test. Is this better? Click. Or is this better? The second one. Is this better? Click. Or this better? The first one, number one, click, number two, number one, number one, click, number two, number two, number one, click, or number two, can't tell. The man opposite the big black machine through which I am looking clicks away the lenses like a magician, until my eyes can see the distance, the middle field, and up close as clearly as eyes can possibly see. Now, only if I could get my inner vision checked so thoroughly and fitted with such precision lenses that I could remove the blur of my life and see it clearly and distinctly to know what it was, what it is, and what it will be. You just heard Vision Test, an original poem by Kyung Nyung Kim Richards. That was wonderful. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. You were going to tell us about your coming to translate Korean literature. Right. You know, I taught Korean language at UC Berkeley for a number of years, I think over 30 years, including my TA days. And one of the things you do in teaching is to learn your subject while teaching, while doing it. And so I learned English as a foreign language, not even second language, because I started learning English when I was in middle and high school in my teens as a foreign language. And when I came to the U.S. in my mid-twenties, I wasn't truly speaking the language. I actually had to learn the oral communication skills all over again. But I did have the grammar and basic reading knowledge. And then while teaching Korean, although it was my native language, 
it was very difficult when it became a subject matter of what you're teaching and you're working on. So by working with two languages back and forth, I began to build some kind of contrastive insights or I would say observations I started making what the features of each language were. At first I couldn't really translate Korean into English because I would be too frustrated and my English wasn't fluent enough to do this. But eventually after having lived in this country almost 30 years, I began to see there's some equivalent expressions in both languages. So then I started working on the first project that I translated was actually English book into Korean. Then I turned around and started translating Korean books into English. And I did mostly poetry translation. And then later I did with my husband, Stefan, who is an excellent copy editor and a translator himself of Japanese literature. We worked together to produce a few more books. Yes. And so are some of the poems that you're going to be reading to us written originally in English? Some actually I wrote originally in English, but most of them had the Korean version first and then had the English. Actually, the vision test I just read was originally written in English because that was an experience that occurred in English context. And there are some poems like Darkness. This is the shortest poem I have in this book, was originally written in Korean. It's only four lines. Maybe I will introduce it now. Yes. Um, it's in Korean, I'll read it first. 어둠, 어둠 속에서 모든 것은 뚜렷해진다. 밝음은 오직 눈을 멀게 할 뿐. An English version is darkness. In the dark, everything is clear. Light is only Blinding. So this is the whole poem. How interesting to see it juxtaposed with the vision tests. Yeah, yeah it's very. Yeah, right. I guess seeing is very important in our in our perception of things. So I guess a lot of them I have the verb see and or look or find and in in these poems. Yeah, interesting. Do you want me to go on with some other poems? Yes, please. Well, there is a poem I wrote called Age Rings, and this also was originally written in Korean, and I translated it. Age Rings. When a tree is cut down, you can tell the age of the tree by its age rings. The fast and vigorous growth of summer looks thick and porous. The small but dense and hard, the growth of winter. Each of the rings tells of the tree's life through the seasons and years. 
If we had age rings, what will mine look like when my life is cut off? A sobering question arises whenever I pass by the stump of a large tree. Lovely. Again, this is common experience. You walk in the mountain or the hills and you see these age rings. But I think it goes back a very long time because when I was very young, I used to love to look at these age rings and count them because it's like a concentric circles and it's so much fun to look at a tree having this fantastic rings and you know I would probably seven or eight I started counting these age rings figuring out how old the tree was and so then Later, when I was much older and, of course, have lived a few years in my life, I look at the age rings and think of our own life. What will it be like? It's obvious. Oh, well, (laughs) more poems, please. (laughs) It's one of the first poems I wrote. Snail. Carrying the little dome of a house on his back and moving his long and squishy body, a snail draws a thin broken line on the sidewalk with his bodily secretion, the trace of his passage. You just heard Kyung Myung Kim Richards reading from her book, Vision Test, And she read the poem, Snail. Well, there's this one poem I wrote from the beginning in English, and it's it's about a lady pianist I used to see in my exercise class Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, every week for a number of years. And she happens to be a very, very renowned pianist, And, of course, when you see the person in a different context in an exercise class in her little T-shirts and what have you, you have no idea what a great achieved person and made achievements in her life. And so then one day she invited us to her concert, and so I went to one of her recitals at the Berkeley Piano Club, And this is a poem I wrote after I saw her concert. It's kind of long and somewhat narrative, but um, but I'll read it. Her name was Ria Sadowski. Ria Sadowski. When she appeared from the side door of the small and intimate concert hall of the Berkeley Piano Club, She bowed to the welcoming applause of the audience, dressed in pale blue-gray lavender two-piece silk shantung dress and black suede pumps tied with ribbons. She stepped up to the stage and bowed again. She thanked the audience for coming and told us, what she would be playing. Setting down a stack of sheet music 
on the edge of the piano as if she might need it. She sat at the piano, small and tentative. This is Rhea, who made her debut at age seven and now an 89-year-old lady, barely five feet tall and probably weighs less than 80 pounds. I see her in my exercise class at the Altabate Cardiac Rehab Center three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. She started to play slowly, gently, in measured pace, sweet remembrance, regrets, confidence, songs without words by Mendelssohn. As she played one song after another, restlessness, contemplation, consolation, unrest, Venetian boat songs one and two, I saw her small figure grow like a Christmas tree in Nutcracker Ballet into a giant and subdued the black shiny wail of a piano to a soft piece of dough. We're just that power, both controlled and free but never shy or timid come from. How can that gigantic piano sing in such melodious sounds, so fluid yet majestic, opening our hearts to hear? I want to hold her hands the next time I see her, and touch her fingers to see where the magic comes from. Perhaps I shall want to feel her heart, too. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Beautiful. But this whole book is just marvelous. Vision Test by Kyung Young Kim Richards. Kyung, where could people get this book? Oh, my goodness. They're not sold at Barnes and Nobles or any place like that. You just have to go online and type Vision Test by Kyung Nyan Kim Richards. The name is Kyung, K-Y-U-N-G, dash N-Y-U-N, Kim, K-I-M, Richards, R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S. I recommend this book. I think this is something worth going online for and finding because vision test is going to sharpen your eyesight. Thanks so much, Kyung Young Kim Richards. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. The following poem is by me, Nina Serrano, for my book, Heart Songs, Collected Poems by Nina Serrano, 1969 to 1980, which is available through my website, ninaserrano.com. The poem is Lolita Lebron. 
Puerto Rican independence fighter. Back, back, back to New York in the fifties. They were the times of hate, the times of fear, the witch hunters flying down from town to town, from Washington to the electric chair where the Rosenbergs sat. On their execution day, people stood in solidarity. The minutes till their death counted over the loudspeaker. Ten, nine. The police cutting the microphone. Person by person relay. The word was passed like a whisper heard by thousands. The chant of life's last moments. Eight runs through the crowd. Then seven. The song of resistance. Six, five. No names. Four, three, two. Shock. Electric shock. And then they were dead. Those were the times of fear, times of hate. Teachers signing loyalty oaths, fear that they may not teach what the system would preach. Front page headlines naming communists, banning books, witch hunters flying in the moonlight. The people were picking up the tab. It was all on the expense account. Have plain fare. We'll testify. The professional witnesses trained by Judas. And will you name names? And will you name names? Names on blacklists, attorney generals lists, subversive activities lists. Didn't you belong to this committee? Didn't you sign that petition? Didn't you spend many years in the company of a suspected communist who was your mother? Smith Act trials and jailings. Are you now, or have you ever been? And will you name names? And will you name names? The witch hunters flew to the world of make believe. The movies, the pictures, the stars, the Hollywood ten. Not me. Couldn't be. Then who? Point your finger at your ex-wife, your enemies, and you can keep on making payments on your swimming pool and winning prizes. And will you name names? And will you name names? Those who didn't went to jail. Take the key and lock 'em up. The witch hunters flew in the dark and repressive fifties. The twentieth century just about halfway through, when the Taft-Hartley Act tied knots around the picket line, binding union power, purging unions. With Are you now, or have you ever been? Do you think he is? What did she say, and to whom, and when? Labor and management must become one happy family, signing sweetheart contracts. But it was hard to have a happy family on such a lousy salary where Lolita worked. The machine whirred in the garment factory. The faster, the better. The fewer stitches to the inch. The greater number of workers per square foot. Pay them by the piece. Clothes are going to make it big this year as we go from wartime shortage to the new look of the consumer society. Skirts were longer again. Women left the wartime plants for flower pots in the kitchen. Homework. I want to do homework instead of an office. I want to work home. Lolita worked in one of those factories where bits of thread floated through the air. The benches by the sewing machines filled with the latest immigrants, porinqueños, puertorriqueños, migrating when there was no work, no harvest, when the colony was squeezed so hard it spit out its population. Lovely island of cocoa palms and sea, wet song of the rainforest. Pepsi Cola hits the spot. 
mingles with tropical laments. Lali lo le lo lai, lali lo le lo lai. Lolita looked at the moon on hot nights from her tenement roof. She saw the witch hunters fly by, but paid them no mind. Her mind was on cutting the chains, tying her greed island to the greedy mainland, pouring concrete on her country's fertile land, building military bases and factories, sucking its rum and sugarcane. She was set on freedom. She would bet on freedom. Take a chance that the world would know her dream. Crazy loca, they called her. When U.S. bombers are blasting Puerto Ricans and U.S. citizens don't even know about it, what can one isolated act do? She made her plan with three others. They needed a gun to shoot off the word. The word had to be heard. Puerto Ricans wanted their independence. Are you sorry for what you did, Miss Lebron? I am not sorry for anything I do to free my people, and you, Irvin Flores, and you, Andres Figueroa Codera, and you, Rafael Cancel Miranda. No, we are not sorry what we do to free Puerto Rico. No need to name names. I take responsibility for all," she said in her accented English. Elvis Presley howled, "I'm nothing but a hound dog," and the shake, rattle, and roll of the yeah, yeah, yeah was creeping into the music, and the witch hunters flew straight into the fires of the thaw of the Cold War. Jukeboxes turned their colored lights on. TV sets filled every tract home and tenement. Cars filled every street and parking lot. The air turned black. Peace in Korea. War in Vietnam, always war. The witch hunters were howled out of town by crowds of demonstrators, protesters. The witch hunters circled around and landed safe in their offices. Lolita went on a hunger strike to back up the prisoners' rebellion at Attica. Meanwhile, freedom is a constant struggle, and the witch hunters are just waiting, waiting, waiting. This has been Nina Sverno for the Poet to Poet series. Please check out my website, ninaserrano.com, to hear other programs, poems, and a listing of my upcoming events. Thanks for listening.
what on earth is actually happening inside all this murky conflict involving Russia, Trump, the CIA, and all the various security secrets and scams. Two heroic whistleblowers present a fascinating expose when Mel Goodman and the great Daniel Ellsberg discuss Goodman's urgent new book, Whistleblower at the CIA, an insider's account of the politics of intelligence. A Soviet affairs analyst at the CIA and State Department for 24 years, Goodman will join Ellsberg on Wednesday, June 21st at 7.30 p.m. at First Presbyterian Church, 2407 Dana Street in Berkeley. There's wheelchair access. Flashpoints, Dennis J. Bernstein will host this KPFA benefit. Tickets are at brownpapertickets.com and our cherished indie bookstores. That's June 21, Whistleblower at the CIA. Listening to 94.1 